0: Thanks for tuning in to Too Much Screen Time, a podcast for TV buffs and cinephiles who have no problem spending too much time on their screens. If you're looking for some in depth conversation about the latest TV and movies, you've come to the right place. I'm joined by my co hosts, Alex, Shante, and Dave. I'm Anselm. Let's dive in.
1: Bond, James Bond. Bond, James Bond
2: bond james bond
0: (laughs) that's right guys there's no time left for us to die actually no i i could die today because finally we've seen the 25th bond We've been anticipating this film for two years. And it is finally here. We've seen it. All the buzz has passed. And now we finally get to sit down and talk about this 25th Bond, the final outing of Daniel Craig as James Bond. So we had a lot of really great conversation ahead. We're going to dig in deep. We're going to talk about how he felt about the film. We're going to speculate about the future of Bond and even have some time for some rapid fire responses to your favorite questions about the James Bond films. Best Bond, best song, best villain, you name it. Just want to let y'all know on this recording, it's just going to be Dave, Alex, and myself. Uh, Shantae could not be here. Please send thoughts and well wishes her way as she is recovering from a non-COVID related illness. Just want to make sure y'all that's clear. We're definitely masked and vaxxed up in this piece, so yeah. Um, so the first thing I wanna talk about, guys, is you know now that we've had a few days to let the spectacle of a new and highly anticipated Bond film wear off, where does No Time to Die currently sit within your opinion?
1: So I've actually seen it three times. Oh my, oh my gosh. goodness. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, so I saw it first with you guys. And then um, on Friday night, one of my buddies was like, hey, like, are you doing anything? I was like, no. He's like, you want to go catch the film? I was like, okay, I'm not going to say no to that. And then I saw it the following day with my girlfriend and her parents. Um, So yeah, I've already seen it three times. I think that kind of shows you how much I really enjoyed this movie. But for me, I was just so excited about it. Um, Like, I don't think it was like, oh, it just kind of fell into my lap. And now I have to go through this for like Uh, the next three uh, hours. But no, for me, I think I was just like very excited about it. And I think it's a movie that I wanted to experience with multiple people. And um, because it's, you know, Daniel Craig's last outing, it's the 25th James Bond movie. Um, Obviously, there's some big moments that happen throughout. And so I think it's a movie that I just wanted to like experience with other people. And I probably won't see any more times in theaters, but I'll probably be seeing it once it's like on demand. I'll probably see it a couple more times with other people as well. Well, I have to say, I'm glad
2: that Daniel Craig came back for one more role because honestly, you you look at Spectre and besides the opening scene, no one even remembers that movie. And I will tell you, we're still spoiler free. People will not forget this last outing of James Bond, Daniel Craig's um, rendition. I, yeah, I, I mean, I loved it. It was, we were, Alex and I were talking about just the gorgeous set pieces. You know, James Bond is known for the, probably four to six set pieces where these different locations that he is and every single one of them was just beautiful i mean with this bond or with daniel craig's last item he's also a little cheekier which i really liked i feel like somebody finally like Saw um, the comedic side that we got to see with *Knives Out* and *Logan Lucky*, and they were like, "I'm gonna give him funnier things to say and do," which I really appreciated. That—that that was Phoebe Waller-Bridge right there, definitely. Yeah, that, exactly. So I—I I, I really loved that aspect of this one um, too. But there's just a lot of fun things to talk about with this movie um, that I'm really looking forward to um, as we start to get into some spoilers. That yeah, I'm glad that Daniel Craig came back to do one more.
0: I think as time went by, I I wanted to hear what other people had to say about this. So I listened to a few podcasts where they talked about it. And there were some very accurate, I would say, astute observations and, 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 and critiques that people offered of this film that I think after kind of the, the haze of this excitement wore off, I was like, yeah, you know what? That's true. I I do wish that this particular aspect was different or, you know, I I do think that this thing that they were aiming for kind of fell flat. Even with all that saying, I am a huge James Bond fan. I mean, I might have mentioned on this podcast before that I literally spend time making a list of who could be the next james bond i go through imdb pages i take notes i listen to interviews to even just hear how these folks talk it's like like i i put in way too much time to figure out who's gonna be the next white guy to handsome white guy to play james bond you know so all that said i i still appreciate the film i think it's leaps and bounds better than its predecessor specter I think there are some things that don't like make it my favorite bond. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. But overall, it's it's well worth it. And I might try to go catch it in theaters one more time before before it heads out. You know, I want to give a little bit of uh, information about the film, just the, the, the basic facts. This film was directed by Kerry Joji Fukunaga, who this is really crazy, is the first American director to direct a james bond film which is something he didn't himself realize until he was in the process of directing the film someone pointed out he's like oh yeah okay cool i guess that's right of course carrie joji fukunaga we know him from a number of of films like sin nombre he did um beasts of no nation and of course he helmed uh the was it all three seasons of true detective or just the first one
1: I think it was the whole first season. And I think he came in for a few episodes for season two and three.
0: Gotcha. So the best season of true detective was directed by Carrie Joji Fukunaga. So that's awesome. He joins a writing team that includes Neil Purvis and Robert Wade, who have written, I think the past seven bond films, pretty much from like 1999 until now. And a team that also invited on Phoebe Waller bridge, as we mentioned earlier of fleabag fame, to, to kind of punch up the script and to punch up the dialogue. And so with all that team together, we got ourselves a two hour and 43 minute James Bond film, one that is the longest James Bond film of all 25. I'm going to give you a little bit of a brief plot summary here, and then we'll get into uh, the, the next question here. So essentially the film picks up where Spectre leaves off Daniel Craig's Bond joining Lea Seydoux's Madeline, the quote unquote Bond girl. From the previous film, uh, on a vacation, if you will, yeah,
2: Correct Term is Bond woman now.
0: I that's why um. that's why I mentioned quote unquote. We're gonna get into that a little bit <laughs> later, Dave. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll leave that on the recording to make sure that we make it clear. We're gonna get into that in a little bit, but um, uh, but yeah, so she was the previous Bond woman, thanks, Dave, met Dr. Madeline Swan. I'm just gonna read the IMDb plot summary for this. Basically says that James Bond has left active service and is enjoying a tranquil life in Jamaica. There's a lot that happens before that. We'll probably get into that a little bit later when we start talking spoilers. His piece is short-lived when his old friend, Felix Leiter from the CIA turns up asking for help. Felix Leiter is again, CIA American. He shows up in a number of Bond films and is often a kind of a, a plot point that helps get Bond onto his missions. Anyway, the mission to rescue a kidnapped scientist turns out to be far more treacherous than expected, leading Bond onto the trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. So what I find interesting about that uh, plot summary is that there's absolutely no mention of, I think, a major plot point for this film, and that's Bond's relationship with Madeline and where that goes. But, you know, given all of that, let me ask you all where does this bond film rank amongst not all bond films but specifically daniel craig's we have 5 films to choose from here where would where would you rank this
1: good question you know the first time i saw this i just like you and someone was just in awe and initially i was like this is the best bond film ever um so i had to give it a couple more watches obviously to kind of you know get past the excitement the initial hype and, and give, it another, give it another try. And so I think after seeing it three times, I would have to say it is the second best Daniel Craig film. Oh I think my that, gosh. I think that the first best is Skyfall. So I think I would rank this Skyfall, No Time to Die, and then Casino Royale, and then Spectre, and then Quantum of Solace. The reason why this movie is not the number one for me is because it kind of feels like a two-part movie. Like it feels like a like a part two of Spectre. And so it relies heavily on, you know, its predecessor to kind of give it a lot more plot points to kind of get Bond where he needs to be for No Time to Die. So it's not a really good standalone film. I feel like Skyfall for me is the all-time greatest Daniel Craig Bond film, um, but No Time to Die is is right there in second place.
0: Wow, Alex, I, I am shocked that you placed No Time to Die above my yeah. number one it's a, it, Craig. it's film. a sin it's a sin answer it, yeah it's, it's i i'm just i can't believe that casino
1: Royale. when was the last time you saw casino royale good question probably like five or six years ago
0: yeah w- w- watch it again <laughs> just just yeah. watch it again and i think you might be changing what, the list around i'm just
2: saying like what he's saying is blasphemy right now yeah yeah better um, than casino
0: royale right
2: better, okay
0: yeah better than quantum of solace that's the best bond I'm, to- I'm totally kidding that's that's, the, that's that's
2: that's the all-time shortest bond film so oh, interesting hmm. yeah and, and, he, it, and it shows it shows,
0: it shows. <laughs> so there was a writer's strike i think that was going on at the time and and it it you can definitely tell by that film but yeah i agree with you alex that i agree with your number four and your number five i would change up the one through three i would say that casino royale Skyfall, and then No Time to Die for me. What about you, Dave? That's it. That's yeah? the,
2: that's, that's the correct order. It's, wow, Casino Royale, Skyfall, then No Time to Die. There is no other option. Alex.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of people are Sky Skyfall diehards, so a little bit of nuance that I, I'd like to add to this conversation, right? Casino Royale is a better Bond film, but as a just from a film cinematography, like action set pieces, story, e- even like I, I would say that. Skyfall is is the better overall film. But if you're looking for like what captures
2: the Bond essence best, it's Casino Royale for me. I don't mean to trash no time to die because I think it's great. (laughs) But I thought of the the Godfather three quote by Michael Corleone where he says, just when I thought I was out they pull me back in. I'm like, (laughs) we've seen this already with Daniel Craig's bond. This is like the third time that he's he's come back from the dead or come out of retirement. I'm like, we get it. Okay. You don't want to be this character anymore. Not him, Daniel Craig, but you don't want to be 007 anymore. So I was like, it it was just, it was too much of the same for me. You know, it was, it was cool in Skyfall when he's brought back from the dead, but we, we, we don't need to see it two more times in two more movies.
0: All right, so we're gonna we're gonna dig in a little bit deeper here, Um, you know, because this is a huge movie and, you know, there are thousands literally probably millions of film and TV podcasts out there, you know, it's good that we are recording this about almost a week after we first saw this film, it was became first available to general audiences. And by the time it drops, it will have been about a week and a half in that case, right. So. You know, a lot of conversations a little bit had a lot of things, immediate reactions to the film will have been said. Uh, and so I think that we, we're going to pivot and, and dig in a little bit deep here and hopefully have some conversations that is a, that are a little bit unique in the conversations surrounding this film. And so the first question I want to deal with is the legacy of James Bond, particularly when it comes to how bond films treat women you know we already mentioned again just like the the history of the bond girl
2: and you know their names anselm like i actually looked up i know some of them some of the ridiculous bond girl
0: names that they chose probably the most famous one is from what would what some would argue is the best overall bond film goldfinger (laughs) uh just look (laughs) i'll just say it's pussy galore like and it's just it's like all these names like the names all refer to like some sort of sex, the sexual function of a woman for the pleasing of a man you know yep. and you know and, and you know i, I we, we mentioned this before Like i've been saying quote unquote bond girls because like literally up until probably i would say specter that's what they called the women who played these characters um i think that the introduction of monica bellucci in who is the oldest Bond woman to be to be casted in Spectre, kind of started leading towards this conversation of like, okay, can we like stop calling these grown women girls? Um, and especially in relation to a grown man and the way that they interact with them. So where does No Time to Die fit into that legacy?
1: See, this is where I definitely wish we had Shantae on the podcast because I feel... I feel weird trying to answer this question because i'm not a woman but i i do know so i think that we all can know and notice throughout the history of james bond is that historically he treats women like objects right he uses his charm he uses his style and his good looks to seduce these women get them in bed get the answers that he needs and get the intel and then move on, right? And so that's just been a constant trope all throughout James Bond, and they even make fun of it in the Austin Powers films, right? I feel like with No Time to Die, it it, it was a noticeable difference with the female characters that were in this film that... Uh were kind of the supporting characters that really led this movie and carried the legs to allow Daniel Craig to shine the way he did. You know, think about Anna de Armas and Leah Sadoo. Really, they stole the show, in my opinion. They, they kick butt. They like even in the first scene of the movie, you know, we see Leah Sadu like kill this one dude when he was like almost kill him when he was when she was like seven years old. So I don't know. I feel like with this one, um, there was a noticeable difference for me in in how they treated the the, we, the women and the female characters in this film. And uh, Ana de Armas really stole the show for me. I think that she is just magnetic on screen. And so uh, there's even kind of this one little joke that they do when James Bond meets up with Ana de um, They like go to a wine cellar and she like gives him these change of clothes and she's like unbuttoning his shirt. And he's like, oh, like, uh, shouldn't you get to know me first or buy a drink first or whatever? And she's like, oh, no, 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 it's not like that. It's not like that. Sorry, you do it. <laughs> like, and... And immediately there's like all the sexual tension that you thought might be there is immediately gone. And it's like strictly business. And it's like, she's there strictly to help him in getting the Intel that he needs in catching the bad guy. And uh, sometimes even like killing some of the, the henchmen. So I think she was remarkable in it. And I loved how, where you think that bond is going to go, they take it in a totally different direction. And even like kind of, just destroy that stigma around his character you know the only person that you see him kissing or like sleeping with is like his you know the one the, his girlfriend the one he wants to be with right and so I, I really thought that that was cool that they tried to rectify kind of like what the stigma is around Bond and his Bond women the good thing about
2: this film having some like having some continuity to it is that we get to see Daniel Craig mature kind of what you were sharing Alex I mean go back to casino royale f- for sure and then like quantum of solace you see not only does he use women but people are, these these women are actually dying they're being murdered because of them being used as objects for him yeah. to gather information
0: real quick dave I, and i want i want to say to your point there is that like that is a common occurrence in pretty much every bond film there's right. usually it's like a gold, two goldfinger right isn't <laughs> right. that <laughs> there's usually like two or three quote unquote bond girls in the film uh, and one or two of those three wind up dying because after sleeping with him and after, getting, yeah, like getting information, information and then it's like yeah. they can be discarded. I mean, like that's for as amazing as Skyfall the film is, like there is still that problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah, sorry sorry, Diggle. But
2: ahead. no, I think that you're seeing his his James Bond mature over these five films, and then he finds love Um, So I think if you're looking at just women that he's interested in, he's kind of moved away from that by the time we get to to No Time to Die um, is one thing. And I think, too, like you've already shared, is that this film and specifically having, I think, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I think that was probably helpful, too, to give these women more of a voice than to be an object make them independent women who, you know, they don't succumb to bonds, seduction. I think that just, again, haven't seen all of them, but I feel like that's something that seems... (laughs) very new of a concept with uh with James Bond movies. And I think you you didn't mention Lashana Lynch, who plays uh, another important role in this movie, but there is never once a hint of sexual chemistry between the two of them, right? She well,
0: I mean a little bit, a little I, bit when I, they're I, introduced, but I think the, it's more of yeah. okay, I guess that's true. I mean, but, but I, it's I, it's a play on it. Like and, and that's right. like the same thing that happens with Anna de Armas happens between Lashana Lynch and uh James Bond a little bit prior to that scene but yeah
2: but she kind of they they stand toe to toe and they they don't seem to agree a whole lot on a lot of like his outlook versus what it, it reminded me of the relationship that judy dench's m in the previous films had with um the zero tolerance with who james bond is negatively around how he treats women because you see that in some of the early ones with judy dench's m so i think that this film definitely stands out and i think a part of that is thanks to the writing that we got from women writers and also having this continuity where we get to have an opportunity to see James Bond mature into something, someone better.
0: So I think this leads us really great into our our next topic here. And I'm going to give the warning here. We are going to, I mean, literally as soon as I give y'all a, two-second break to pause and leave this if you have not seen it and don't want it spoiled. We're going to get right into spoiling the major plot point of this film. So you've been warned. Here we go. Three, two, one. Daniel Craig's James Bond is dead. <laughs> All right. He died. He got exploded on the island, hence the explosive ending of No Time to Die. I need to
2: see a body. Where's, <laughs> where's, where's the body, Anselm?
0: Um, I... I really don't think there's any way that I mean, we literally saw a bomb fall on him. Like the bomb, the bomb literally landed on his head. <laughs> how do you how do you know he didn't
2: fall in the trapdoor?
0: James Bond is dead. However, if you stay to the end of the credits, you'll know that like it says, James Bond will return. So th- th- there are plans for the character to return, right? For where we are in the 21st century. Do we need? Or should we even want a new James Bond. I think that when Casino Royale comes out in 2006, I believe, right, we've already had three Mission Impossibles. And there are a lot of amazing action set pieces. And I think that when they were looking to reboot the Bond franchise with Daniel Craig, they owe a lot of this new Bond, I would say to Ethan Hunt and to the Jason to the Bourne series. What can James Bond do for us that Ethan Hunt hasn't already done or hasn't already inspired James Bond to do in the first place?
2: So I think there are certain elements of Bond that should never change. And you're not going to get that replicated with an Ethan Hunt um, or Jason Bourne or any of these other spy agent action movies. I think what makes James Bond stand out is just the cinematic opening credits sequence with a banger song okay that is in that's james bond right there how about fun and wild gadgets like think of the 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 wilder the better i mean you might get that with ethan hunt and mission impossible but not they some the literally
0: al- recreated a
2: hallway in the kremlin in ghost protocol there are x-ray sunglasses and a boom box that explodes or something in james bond okay so I'm just saying, there's there's some wild gadgets that I think I think it just adds to kind of what I'm getting at is the cheese of uh, James Bond that you're not getting from maybe some of these more serious films. The cheesy humor that we expect. You even saw that in, like I mentioned earlier with Daniel Craig's James Bond, especially in the, the newest one that we're talking about. Charismatic and sometimes even satirical villains. <laughs> like that is fun. People love that. That's what we didn't see in No Time to Die. That's why we all put Skyfall or we said the Skyfall was better than No Time to Die, at least in my opinion. And then finally, having him escape death even when the odds are not good. So there's like all of these things that you get from a James Bond movie that you might not necessarily get from these other ones that I think will make James Bond last. I think what they have to do with the story, because that's like the framework of the house, but what they have to do with the story is they have to evolve it. And we'll talk about that in a minute but you have to keep the essential framework of this house and what makes Bond, Bond. And I think audiences are gonna continue turning out for that.
1: I think what makes a James Bond film, at least for me, or separates it out is the classiness of it. You know, like James Bond is so classy. Like he wears a tuxedo. Tom Cruise, say what you want about Tom Cruise, but he's not some guy that is like suave. You know, some guy that looks great in a tuxedo that can be so charismatic for me. He's more of like a stunt guy. Right, that's Tom Cruise now for me. He's just a stunt guy that just like does his own stunts and that's the whole spectacle. A little better than a stunt guy. (laughs) I, I know what
0: you mean though, Alex. I know I know exactly what you mean. Like and I think that's you brought a very, very great point about the classiness, if you will, that that Bond brings to the action film. But when you think about some of the stuff that the Bond films dig into thematically, the Mission Impossible films, I would say, have done the same thing earlier and i would say at times better i watched skyfall the other day and there is one of the one of the big kind of themes of the film it's for Skyfall. Is what is what is the need for these kind of clandestine spy operations suits and ties and bars and seducing women and all this kind of stuff. like what, what is the need for that in the 21st century given like how so much intelligence work is now gadgetized and drones and surveillance and all that kind of stuff. What is the need for this? Right? Like,
2: they talk about that in, in James Bond, too, because I think they do. Yeah, I, I mean, I
0: meant, I, they do mention that, but I think it's been a thread throughout, especially particularly the past three mission apostles, everybody's always question, asking the question, like, what, why are we even why do we even have an IMF <laughs> today? You know, and so what more can be said about the nature of spying, that hasn't already been done, or couldn't be done better by a different franchise. My yeah, my response that's more thematically based than like the character.
2: I think it reminds me of I don't remember which movie this is. This Skyfall when uh, I put up the quote here. Q and James Bond are sitting at the art museum, and he says, "Well, I'll hazard I can do more damage on my laptop sitting in my pajamas before my first cup of Earl Grey than you can do a year in the field." And then James Bond says, "Oh, so why do you need me?" And then Q says. Every now and then a trigger has to be pulled. So I think that was their way of like connecting it to kind of say that James Bond will always be here. Maybe the story needs to be elevated or changed with the times, but you're always going to need James Bond.
1: But you also, so you you missed the end of that quote too, because he says every now and then a trigger must be pulled. And then Daniel Craig says, or not pulled. It's hard to know if you're in your pajamas, right? Dang, Spike-
0: that is... Yo, that's, sorry, go ahead, Alex. That's, that's so, I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, so like, you're definitely right. Like, that's kind of what they were doing. But I think Daniel Craig was in that moment saying, you can't just be doing things virtually and then expect, you know, empires to fall and, you know, that that's it. But Daniel Craig was basically saying that like his role is still important and it's not just, exactly. you know, just a gun for hire, but he's also saying like, oh, you actually have to know when to pull and when not to pull the trigger. And he's not just like a, a murderer out there, but he's actually a spy, you know, and he has intelligence and he has to use that intelligence to, uh, to know, you know, his judgment, right? When to pull, and when not to pull. So,
2: so Bond's staying around for a while,
1: which,
0: hey, as I said before, I absolutely love Jay's Bond. I just I think that this next question that we have here, um, will really get into what needs to happen to make sure that this is actually. It's actually something worthwhile to see that people who aren't just lifelong Bond fans will, will want to come and see as well. And so th- now that we know that Daniel Craig's Bond has died, but the character of James Bond is going to restore, what does specifically this rendition of James Bond's death mean for the future of James Bond as a character?
1: As you guys know, I've seen this movie three times, so I've been you know, thinking about this nonstop of like, man, where do we go from here? You know, they kill him off. Allowing us to view Daniel Craig's Bonds as like their their own like complete saga, these five film saga. And I love that. I personally, I think it's beautiful. I think it's a great swan song. I think it was a nice end cap to a great 15 years from Daniel Craig. And so what I would like to see happen next is... The character of James Bond continue, but be revitalized as a younger, even younger James Bond than when we got in Casino Royale, uh, a person of color, um, like a man in England who grew up in England, um, but maybe in like a really rough part, you know, someone who uh, didn't have the luxury, you know, nice, like posh upbringing that Bond had um, in Scotland, you know, with his family coming from wealth. You know, I would love to see someone come, from the exact opposite place and, and yet use his intelligence and use his grit to elevate and to get to that status rather than just kind of be thrusted into it and really tackle on some like really, it could explore some really you know dark places too and even talk a lot about like race and how race is a major factor in England. And obviously we know it here in the United States, but also having some fantastic and strong female characters throughout
0: yeah, I, I love that, Alex. Because I, I think that to see a James Bond growing up in East London, learning more about the world around him, how it works, like, but bringing his, you know, quote unquote, street smarts to, <laughs> you know to, to the full, I mean, man, that would be awesome. Real quick, I'll say that, like, I think it's important to talk about the mechanics of this, right? So how is it that we can have a different person playing james bond i've got an idea behind this now this theory is not new it's been out there that james bond is not the name of a person but is a title i think that that theory works and i think it's something that i'm i'm wondering if they have woven this into the storyline that was created by dale craigs bond right think about this we see a changing of who plays m or who is m and it's not just a different actor playing the same character it's a different character we see it go from judy Dent's m to ray finds mallory who then becomes m right that has not happened before in other other films like m is the same m essentially the whole way through until that moment right what if it is the same way with james bond that they just have this name and whenever somebody's ready to fill that role, they give him the James Bond name. And he takes I mean, like, that's what makes most sense to me. I don't like if you're supposed to be a spy, why would you give your actual name anytime people ask you? A megalomaniac asks you, What's your name? You're gonna give him your government? No way, son. You're giving them a title that you've been given.
2: And mm. that's how
0: we get a new James Bond.
2: But doesn't in Skyfall, doesn't his parents I'm on his parents gravestones aren't, isn't their last name bond
0: yes now there's two ways that we, this could be done one it could be a plant to give him this character some you know if someone does if some like other national entity does some research into james bond it looks like he's an actual person it's misinformation right it's counter how
2: old was he when they died i don't remember he was he wasn't that young that he wouldn't remember like- his
0: no i mean he remembers it he just doesn't like he just is not acknowledged like he he knows that this is all at least in this particular scenario he knows that this is all fake but right? doesn't but, like isn't his parents Sky are a, a place name.
2: that's like off the map isn't that why he goes there
0: right but it's something that can be found right so I, I i just watched this the other night and he was the the way that um silva javier bardem's character finds them is that he they leave, they leave a trail of breadcrumbs that could be easily followed to that location, right? So it's, it's something that can be found. Now, that's a, I don't agree with that theory. My theory is that because Daniel Craig was kind of a reboot, let's say that in the same way that Halloween and Halloween Kills is a direct sequel from Halloween number one, and, there are, and the other sequels don't matter. What if this is the first James Bond? And this is the first time they're trying something new where they use the title to... Keep this keep the the character going.
2: I think it's simpler than that. I I, I just think that it's, it's just a way that no matter what happens, they can because I mean this is the first time that he's died right in the right. movies. I think that that was just because this was like the first time you got to see continuity with Daniel Craig. I mean, right? All the other Bond movies aren't they pretty much one-offs? They're like standalones. They're the characters are the same. I know from the Piers Brosnan ones, but like they don't usually reference the events. In the same specific way that you would need to watch. The world is not enough to understand Die Another Day. So, are you yeah. sure? I, I don't know. I think that it's simpler in the fact that, like, they killed him off because that was like completing his art, but then they're just going to recast somebody and James Bond's going to be. I don't think Ralph, I don't think Ray Fine is going to come back as M in the new franchise. I think it's going to be someone else. I think they're just going to reboot it.
0: Do you think that they're going to make that James Bond 26, they're going to just drop it and have absolutely no reference to the fact that the last time we saw james bond he was being exploded by missiles
2: yes i think that's exactly what's gonna happen it happened in all the other ones right you don't see he died though i think that that was just a decision that they let make because this was the first time that we got to see continuity with uh with james bond with a singular storyline from the first to the fifth one i think that's why they allowed it to do it but i'm just gonna I think y'all going too deep with this in five years, give them give five to 10 years for them to come up with another story. Maybe there'll be continuity to it. Maybe it'll be one-offs again, but they're going to reboot it. They're not going to reference Daniel Craig and it's going to be, it's going to be moved. We're going to be moved on not talking about these movies.
0: That would be pretty ballsy of them. I would say to, to hope that the time that has passed between however long it is between no time to die and the next bond, which I'm just going to guess is, James Bond, not dead yet. Uh, Eon Productions, if you, uh, you know, Barbara Broccoli, if you hear this and you like that title, just, you know, you can take that. Just give me a credit. You don't have to give me money, just a, just a credit. James Bond, not dead yet. No, but um, it, it's hard for me to imagine that they would just leave us with that and, and, and with the question of, oh man, how are they going to do this? And just be like, we're not going to tell you. Have y'all seen the TV show Batman Beyond? I have it's it in a- my
2: notes right here. You're gonna talk about it. Oh well, it. well then, Dave, take it away, man. That's what? it, right? Yeah. Make him, make him a mentor, yeah. right? That's what you're gonna say. Mm-hmm. He's seasoned. He's either retired or he's out of the, he's out of the, the, the game. But then he's either a brought back in for whatever reason, or b there's this hot shot that's just like him, and he has to show him the ropes and get him to that level of maturity that we've seen James Bond capable of getting to, right? In the Daniel Craig's version. So. Yeah. I mean, that, I think that's a cool way too, to keep it fresh definitely, is definitely. is making him like um, an old Bruce Wayne with uh, Terry McGinnis. This
0: has been a great conversation. We're going to just close out real quick by doing just a series of rapid fire questions. I mean, usually when we, people talk, when Bond comes back up every few years, it's another great opportunity to kind of be like, who's the best Bond? What's the best Bond film? What's the best Bond song? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So... Uh, I would love to do that here with us, real quick, and just quick rapid fire, no explanations during, and then afterwards, if we want to like break it down, we can. Now, Dave, I know you've mentioned that you've you've seen less of the Bond films than Alex and I.
2: I've only which seen. you want to just yeah, I've Daniel only seen Brosnan yeah. and Craig. And so Craig. the person that knows that knows the least about the history of James Bond, I'm gonna have you all see and debate if you want who the best is in several categories. So, you guys ready? Who is the best James Bond of the six official James Bonds that we have so far? Daniel Craig.
0: Timothy Dalton.
2: How about the best film of the 25 films we have? Goldfinger.
0: Casino Royale.
2: Okay. How about the best Bond song? Skyfall, Adele
0: for your eyes only only (laughs) for you (laughs) for your eyes only yo i rock for your eyes only just when i'm driving down the street it's beautiful
1: (laughs) (laughs) and then it can't be bond without his villains who has the best bond villain silva skyfall hands down no questions asked
2: doctor no the
1: first one okay The first
0: one i would say i think i think silva of course definitely but dr no is is i mean
2: we're we're going with some oscar winners here we have best song i think best villain didn't he get an oscar did he get an oscar nod or did he get a if he didn't get an oscar nod if he didn't get an oscar nod it was a tragedy i don't Um,
0: think he did i would have remembered that
2: and then finally what is the best bond
1: opener casino royale
0: I'm going to say You Only Live Twice. And the reason why is because they actually kill Bond, but then you realize that he got away. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, they leave you on a cliffhanger like there's no way he survived that. Oh, and like then Skyfall? of course you see him.
2: Oh huh? sorry? And like Skyfall, isn't that he gets shot and he gets shot from oh, the yeah, train and lands lands in the water.
0: But that was the first one. That was the first one. Yeah. So I would say yeah, my 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 favorite is uh I would say You Only Live Twice. That's a really great opener um well
2: it seems like yeah. alex is a big uh daniel craig fan because i'm oh, pretty sure alex. all of all of his answers with the exception of best film were daniel craig uh related and anselm went a little bit further back all the Did way to the me? first one with dr no
0: i highly recommend y'all watch timothy dalton's bond let, let me say this the films are not the best although license to kill that was my runner-up for my favorite bond song but also the, uh, the, the the plot is bonkers. It's bonkers. And you have a really great young Benicio Del Toro. Um, but I think that Timothy Dalton, actually, here we go. George Lazenby walked so that Timothy Dalton could run. <laughs> and Timothy Dalton ran so that Daniel Craig could fly. could park fly parkour style from a crane in uh right No. I, I the reason why I chose Timothy Dalton is because like the, the thing that people love about Daniel Craig was first imagined and realized in Timothy Dalton's Bond. He was had a darker turn. He was moodier. He was different. He I he, you know, the films prior to that were kinda like, oh, like shake it, not stirred, oh, one liners, here we go. Timothy Dalton, his was the first that were like had some really went to some really dark and at times violent places that we love so much about Dan craig and he's had a lot of soul he had a lot of soul so I, I i would i would check out his films they were great well we had a great conversation about this next week we're going to follow up on the closing episode of only murders in the building that's right last time you heard us talk about it we i think were four episodes in we made some predictions um i'm happy to say that some of my predictions have been revealed to be true uh I, so i'm really excited about I gonna, that i
2: was gonna text you and so <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll talk we'll dig a lot more into that and we'll see who killed tim kono this has been a great conversation guys there really truly is no time to die but there's plenty of time for your screens. And so, join us next time on Too Much Screen Time.
1: Thank you for listening to Too Much Screen Time. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TM Screen Time or email us at TM Screen at gmail.com. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. So, in the meantime, keep watching those screens.